How many love Jesus? Say, I love Jesus. Awesome. I know you do. Thank you for coming. Because we are doing a special uh, presentation at the end of the month. Normally, we would have a skit right now just for you guys to demonstrate this message. So today, what we're going to do, and for the next weeks until the special presentation of choice and consequence, we are going to give you the chance right now to hear testimonies of your fellow youth, youth students, and leaders right in this place every week. So I'm going to give you the chance right now to hear Lily Bolden's testimony. Give it up for Lily Bolden. You all can do better than that, Lily Bowden. Okay. Um. Before I before I knew Jesus, um, I was a very lost, very angry person. Um, I was in high. I went to high school, and I just lost my mind. I went into everything that I could. You know, I tried the drinking, the smoking. I was confused about my identity. Um. I thought that I was homosexual, and um, one day my friend gave me a flyer for Elevate, and uh, and I showed up, and I just felt the presence of God. It was so real. It was so real to me, and I accepted Jesus that day, and um, I said I would never go back. And ever since then, you know, I came, I, I go to SUM Bible College now, and um, I feel the call of God on my life to be a church planner, and you know what? You, you can do the same. You can you can change your life, you know. It, it's coming from a person who was in your shoes, you know. No matter where you are right now, you, you can still, you know, make that change in your life and come to Jesus and do great things. Amen. Let's give it up for Lily. Thank you. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Psalms 119, 9 through 6, and say with me how to keep your life pure. Yes, you are excited. I know you're ready. One more time, say how to keep your life pure. Now, what I want you to do while you're turning to that passage, Psalms 119, Psalms 119, I want you to think about how important it is to have pure things in life. Now, when I was growing up, bottled waters were like crazy. Do like only rich people like Perrier like would have bottled water. Like you did not grow up doing this. You grew up drinking out the drinking fountain. We grew up like having water in the refrigerator cold, okay? And when it came out, we were like, dude, nobody is going to buy bottled water. And now everybody buys bottled water. And what's the big deal with bottled water? It's purity. People want it because it's pure. It, you know, look, you look at the names, the name kind of says something like that. Pure aqua, purified water, essential for life. Okay. And that's what it wants to convince you that this is so pure. Now, I want to ask you a question. You would normally drink this, right? You would just, just chug it down if you're really hot and all that. Okay. But let's just think for a minute. Do you want it now? Would you chug this, my friend? Now, let's just say I like. As the spittle runs down the bottled water, shake it up. Now, would you drink it? No. But it's like cool for me to drink it, you know? Mm. There's no problem. Cool, right there, yeah. Now, I want you to think about this. God wants you to be pure, but you may have some junk up in the trunk right now. And because you got junk in the trunk, your life is not cool. 
You may have cursing in your life. You may have sexual perversion. You may have violence. You may have anger. You may have rebellion towards your parents. And you looking on the outside all clean. You looking on the outside very nice and put together. But on the inside, God says, man, I don't want to drink that. God says, I don't want to drink that. I want to cleanse that. You see, Jesus wants to clean us so he can be a part of us. Yes, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. So when Jesus comes into your life, the first thing he wants to do is purify you and make you pure and make you yummy to the tum-tum-tummy. Somebody say amen. So what I want to talk to you today about is how to live your life pure, to how to let God get all the junk out of your life so you can be sparkling clear like that water. Somebody say, teach it. All right, here we go. Psalms 119, the passage that we're going to look at today is going to have everything you need to be pure in life. This is David talking. How can a young man keep his way pure or a young lady? By living according to your word. Everybody say, live according to the word. Everybody say it again. Say, live according to the word. So here it is. How can a young man or woman keep his way pure? How can you be pure like this bottled water again, even though you've looked at pornography, even though you've messed up, you've cursed, you've disobeyed your parents, you've taken some that didn't belong to you? How can you get it right? By living according to his word. David said, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Everybody say, teach me, Lord. Come on, with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Some may say, I get happy. Come on, verse 15, I meditate on your precepts, consider your ways, I delight in your decrees, I will not neglect your word. Here are six things today you can do to be able to keep a pure heart before God and live every day pure in God's eyes. And here are the six things listed out, underlined, and now here they are. By living according to his word, by seeking God with all your heart, hiding his word within your heart, recounting his laws with your lips, that means memorizing the word, rejoicing in God's statutes, that means getting happy about being a Christian and not neglecting his word. Everybody say, I won't forget. Now I want to talk to you about those six things today. Are you guys ready? Look at your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, get excited. Number one, how can you stay pure? By living according to the word of God. I want you to turn to John 14, 15, and 21. This is the teaching of Jesus. When Jesus was on the planet and he walked flesh and blood with us here, he taught us how to keep the word of God. How many love Jesus? Raise up your hands right here. Now wave them up side to side. Oh, oh, now make some noise. Yeah. Now look at what Jesus said, all you Jesus lovers right here. So everybody who loves Jesus, this is what he said to you. He said, if you love me, you will what? Come on, don't get quiet now. If you love me, you will obey what I commanded. Have you ever heard that from your mom before? If you love me, you will clean your room. If you love me, you will do good in school. That's how Jesus talked. He said, if you love me, you're going to obey what I say. That means if you say you love Jesus and you dropping it like it's hot, backing it up, reggaeton, you know, this type of bochata, come on, baby, let's do it. And you getting all dirty and nasty and all this stuff hanging out. But you say, I love Jesus. Money is my cross. You have a problem. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a problem. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't do that to yourself. Keep God's commands. Amen. And this is what he said in verse 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys him, he is the one 
whom I love. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. So you see, God loves everybody, but he has a special, everybody say special, he has a special relationship with those who love him. Let me give you an example. I love everybody in the world, kind of like Jesus did. I do my best to love people, but how many know you just can't like run up in my house, sleep in my baby's crib right now? Because we don't got that special relationship. You're not my kid. Okay, you might be able to spend the night, but if you all randomly try to get in the crib, that's why I got a shotgun with six bullets in it. Are you listening? Yes, I'm kind of crazy. But listen, don't come up in my house in my baby's crib uninvited. Now, how many people think you're just going to die and go to heaven just the way you are, all dirty and filthy? You think you're going to get up to heaven? Jesus says in Revelation 3.16, you make me puke because you have sin in your life. Everybody say, get the sin out. You see, today, if you want to be who God drinks and spends time with, he says, you are awesome. You are my child. I'm going to have a special relationship with you. You can come as a sinner, but you have to leave as a saint. You have to say today, I'm going to follow Jesus and his word. But right now, some people that need to get on slim fast are going to say, but, and put their big old butt in the way. Why? Because they're going to say, but, pastor, I'm not perfect. How can anybody really be a perfect Christian? But, pastor, you know what? I get tempted a whole lot in, but you don't understand how good looking my girlfriend is. I can't help but have sex and well healing, but you know, I got to fight. I got to be down. Listen to me. Get your big old butt out the way and just say, yes, Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, sir. Jesus is looking for people that will obey his commands. Don't get your butt in the way, but this, but that, but my whole community is going to hell. So what? Go to heaven with Jesus. Make a difference. Amen? This is what you can do in life right now. Know what the Bible says. Believe what the Bible says. And do what the Bible says. Somebody say, just do it. Now, the second thing that you need to know to live according to the word of God is that you need to seek God with all your heart. Some may say, seek after him. Turn with me right now to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. The Bible says that everybody in life is seeking after something. Like when you got up this morning, you sought for your pajamas. I mean, for your school clothes. You sought for the toothbrush. You know that you're always looking after something. You're seeking for the ride to the school. You're seeking for your classroom. But let me ask you something. Spiritually, what are you seeking for? On the inside of you, you're not going to be happy until you're in a relationship with God. Are you seeking God or are you trying to get high on other things of this world because the things of this world will get you so high but guess what you will always come down that's why you got to get high on the most high because you ain't ever gonna come down come on baby are you with me somebody say get high on the most high say give him a try because you never come down you think I'm kidding. That's a real song. I ain't singing it right, but it's a real song. Look at Matthew 6, 33. Jesus said, but seek first. Everybody say first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What are some of the things you value in life today? Getting married, having a family, getting some uh, like things like a house, a car. You know, you want to have a future. You want to travel. Okay, Jesus said, if you want to have his purpose, if you want to have the kind of life he desires, you to have put him first that means today if i want to be the best dad in the whole world i got to put god before my family and that means if i want to be the best pastor in the whole world i got to put god before preaching and that means if i because i'm in masters right now and i want to get my degree in seminary i want to be the best student i got to put god first everybody say put god first 
You see, because once you put God first, everything begins to make sense. You need to put God first. Desire his kingdom more than anything. Seek God with all your heart and prayer and devotion. If I was to ask you right now, what is your life about? Where is your heart right now? What would you say? I want you to listen to this story. David Livingston, missionary in 1800s, went all the way to Africa, traveled thousands of miles, reached people that had never even seen a white man nor heard the name of Jesus, preached the gospel. His wife got a disease, went home to England and died. He then was out there by himself. He then got so sunburned and so emasculated, skinny from the food he was eating, that when he went back, people did not even recognize him. Then he went and spent his whole life in the jungle. He was sick and dying of a disease. He said, God, I'm not leaving. I'll just die out here. He said, but God, if you want me to keep preaching, send me some medicine. A dude showed up with some medicine and said, I want to tell you two things. I've come from England to write about you, and I want to let you know, number one, I'm an atheist, and number two, I've brought medicine. And then he said to him, Dr. Livingston, I presume, that's where it came from. And then Dr. Livingston said, dude, you just brought me the medicine that I was praying for. The reporter then became a Christian and wrote all about him in England. But then David Livingston got older, and he was dying, and they had to carry him around on a stretcher from village to village. And then one day, he said, guys, put me on my knees. I've got to pray for Africa before I go to bed. They said, David, but you're so old. Just go to bed. It's okay. He said, no, I've got to pray for Africa. My heart is always here. They set him on the knees, and they came back later to find him. He had died praying for Africa. Then these wonderful African Christians took him back all the way down to the river and all the way down to the ocean. And then from that point, to give him to England so he could be buried as a hero. And this might sound sick, but it makes a lot of sense. They said, you guys can have his body, but in Africa, we have a tradition. We take out the heart, and we bury it by the warrior where he died and fought the most. You can have David Livingston's body, but his heart will always be in Africa. And they took his heart, and they buried it under the tree that he had first preached to them. And now today, because of his work, there are more Christians becoming in Africa than any other place in the world. And I want to ask you today, if you were to die and they were to cut out your heart, where would they bury it? Under Saks Fifth Avenue? Would they bury it under your PS3? Would they bury it under your jewelry box? Where would your heart be buried? Everybody say, seek first the kingdom of God. See, you need to make your life about Jesus. The third thing, I have hidden your word in my heart. Look at your neighbor and say, shh, I've hidden his word in my heart. You see, you have a secret today. Look at Psalms 119.14. You see, you might not have listened to it, but here it is again. He said, I rejoice in your statues as one rejoices in what? Great riches. Everybody say, great riches. Now, what do you do with great riches? Do I just take out my wedding ring and just set it on the corner by the bus stop? No. I put it on, and then when I'm done, I hide it. Now, listen to me, dude. I used to live in Nolens, baby, for about seven and a half years. I worked in the Calio, the Melphamine, the CP3, all these projects. And I remember bringing in homeless people to my house, and I got so hood. You know what I did? I put all my stuff, all my jewelry, everything I had underneath my bed. And even to this day, no matter how cute and cuddly you look, whenever I have guests in my house spending the night, no matter who they are, guess where I put my stuff at? Under my bed. And you know what? My mom has a jewelry cabinet, and she keeps it kind of locked and doesn't let anybody get in there. Somebody say, you hide treasures. You see, yes, you do. In a bank, there's a lock. 
a vault. Now let me ask you something. Do you hide God's word like that? Is God so deep within your soul that you treasure it more than any treasure in this world? You see, because if you don't, the things of this world are going to pollute you. You might hide bitterness in your heart. Nobody knows, but you're so bitter. That's somebody that they hurt you. And you might hide anger in your heart. And you might hide perversion. BigHooters.com. Nobody knows. But God is asking you in the deepest part of your heart, in the most precious part of what makes you you, hide his word there. Like John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to lock that away and never forget and hide it in my heart today. Everybody say, hide the word of God. Treasure God's word in your heart. Believe every word that God speaks. Protect your faith and love for God. You have to make a decision today that you're going to protect it. That you're just not going to let somebody come and take the precious things of God. If somebody's like, no, dude, it's okay to have sex before marriage. No, it's okay to be angry. No, no, you're going to say, stop it. I'm protecting the word of God. Somebody say, hide the word of God in your heart. Amen. Now look at number four. Look at what it says right here. It says, with my lips, I recount all the laws. Somebody say, all the laws. If I was to ask you right now, name all of the people that play for the Bulls. Most of you sports fanatics could do it. If I said name the starting lineup for the Cubs or the Stocks, you guys could do it. If I said name the favorite shopping mall that you like to go on and the day you like to go there because of the two-for-one sale, you would let me know, ladies. If I said name to me all the Maybelline uh, products you use for nails and eyelashes, what are your favorites and what tone for what season, everybody can name about 50 things right now that are important to them. Do you know that David, when he said that I... I can recite all of your laws. Do you know how many all laws meant there? It meant over 600 laws. That means David would use his brilliant mind to meditate on God's word. We think of the Ten Commandments like that was it. Like David was just like, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Like ten of them. No, David would go on to all the laws. Read Deuteronomy sometime, dude, for sure. Read Leviticus. Read Numbers. All these books. Most likely he had memorized five books of the Bible. Some of our Bible college students right now have a professor that has already memorized that many books of the Bible. That's how about it, about it, and serious he was. Look at your neighbor and say, memorize the word. Now look at Romans chapter 10, verse 10. See, not only do we want to hide the word, lock it up and put it in our heart, but we want to begin to meditate on it. And as you're turning to Romans 10, 10, look up here. Do two things at once because I know you're super talented. Do you know that, st- that, the, that the cow has six stomachs on the inside of them? And that when they eat something, they kind of regurgitate it, and then they put it into another stomach, and then they eat it again, put it into another stomach. It's a mystery about how a six-stomach cow digests its food over a period of time time when we only have one stomach. But do you know that when the Bible uses the word meditate, it uses the same word meditate that it means in the Hebrew for as a cow digests food. That means you're supposed to read the word, then meditate on the word, then read the word and meditate on the word. It's something that you're supposed to put inside of you and digest like a cow. Look at your neighbor and go, moo. Yeah, it's okay. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Why do we want to do this? Because for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Somebody say, I'm saved. Now, Davi, get up on the drum because this is how we learned it before, and I want you guys to hear it a little bit differently like this. If my man could run up there. Come on, baby. Holy Ghost aerobics. Run, 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 run. Give it up for Davi. Say, Davi. Say, Davi. Now go, oh, oh, oh. 
Now go, oh. Now go, oh, oh, oh. Give me the beat, boy. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh. Here we go. Say, well, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say, faith come by hearing and hearing. Say, faith come by hearing and hearing by the Come on, come on. The word of say faith come by hearing and hearing. Come on, baby, say faith. It's all quiet on this side. Come on, baby, you ready? Whoa. Faith comes from hearing and hearing come by word. Whoa, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say oh, say oh oh oh. All right, give the Lord a hand clap, Amen. So why are we digesting, eating, digesting, eating like a sick stomach cow? Why are we meditating on the Word of God like that? It's because when we believe it, we're justified and we're saved. And I'm not just talking about saved from hellfire. I'm talking about everything you face in life, every danger. Saved from pregnancy when you live by the Word of purity. Saved from high school dropout when you live by the Word of wisdom. Saved from getting locked up when you follow the command, thou shall not steal. Saved from making bad decisions in life. When you follow the word of God, when you follow the word of God, you're justified. When you confess it and say, I believe it, the Bible says power comes in your words because as a man thinks, so is he. Have you ever noticed that when you start feeling depressed and you're meditating on it and then you say it, I'm just depressed. You don't get better. You only get worse. It's like you become what you're saying. But all of a sudden, like when you're really depressed and somebody comes in and they're like, and they pass gas or something and you like laugh. And then all of a sudden, like, that's so funny. You start to feel better. Why? Because you are a creature that works with your mind and your soul between your thoughts and your words. Your thoughts and your words are so interconnected into who you are. That's why when the girl is so skinny like a little toothpick, she goes, I am so fat and I'm just looking fat because she meditates on that all day long. Are you guys listening to me? So what you need to meditate on all day long is that Bible in your hand. It's 66 books by 40 authors, about 6,000 verses, and it will change your life. Somebody say, meditate. Believe God's Word. Memorize God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. Speak God's Word. Go to Psalms chapter 1. This was the first thing that I ever memorized. Come on, go there. Blessed is the man who does not stay in this, the way of the sinner, who does not walk in the... Oh, excuse me. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of the sinner, sit in the counsel of the wicked, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in season. His leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers isn't that awesome see i memorized it why because i want to be blessed i want to be that person that psalms once talks about so that means i got to memorize and recite the word of god look at your neighbor and say just do it now here's the fifth thing i rejoice in following your statues as one rejoices in great riches turn with me to deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 15 and as you're turning there i want you to think about this man David got so excited about God's Word. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. He got so excited about God's Word. He got more excited about this than winning the lottery. I'm telling you, Jonathan, I want you to pretend right now you were to win a million dollars. Watch this guy freak out. Freak out. There you go. Yeah, he's such a freak. You're such a freak. Yes, you are. There it is. Everybody look at him and say, you're crazy. But crazy for Jesus. 
I gave you a chance to show us how crazy you really were, and that's all you gave me. You should have took off your shirt and ran around this place, man. Turn up my mic a little bit. Come on, baby. Listen to me, everybody. If you won the lottery right now, people like weighing 300 pounds would be doing cartwheels. People that couldn't dance would be dancing. I'm telling you, man, those of you who haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, you'd be, like, you'd be speaking in tongues. Are you listening? Why? Because you would get happy. You ever watch people win a million dollars on lottery? They run, they cry, they get so excited. David said, I get more excited about your Bible, Jesus, about your promises, about your word, than rich people love money. Everybody say, that's pretty exciting. Y'all looking at me like he didn't say it. He said, I rejoice in following your statues as one rejoices in great riches. So for some of you, are like... <laughs> I just so want to steal. Oh, my gosh. I'm so mad God told me I couldn't steal. Man, I just want to have sex, 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 sex. God told me I couldn't have sex. I'm so mad. My parents told me that I have to obey them. I just hate obeying my parents. Come on, man. I hate it. See, that's what he said. He said, I rejoice in following your commandments. That means he was more excited about obeying his command, uh, God, you know, obeying his parents, not lying, not stealing, honoring his father and his mother, placing nothing above God, not coveting the commands of God more than people rejoice in riches. Look at Deuteronomy 30:15. This might be why. He says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Somebody say, God gave me a choice. Thank you. You can have life and prosperity or death and destruction. He said, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands and decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord God will bless you in the lands you are entering to possess. Everybody say, we will be blessed. You know why he rejoiced in following God's word more than rich people rejoice in riches? Because you can take riches away from you and you got zero dollars. But you can't take the blessing, baby. Because if I'm blessed, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Because whatever you take from me, the Bible says I'm going to get back 30, 60, and 100 fold. Are you listening? So what would you rather have, a fish or know how to fish? Would you rather have a couple dollars, a couple denarii, a couple... You know, rupee, a couple shekels in your pocket, or do you want Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, to be in your life and to bless you? Look at your neighbor and say, I think I'll be blessed. You see, today you got to rejoice in God's word. Do you know? Oh, I get oh, excited. I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know. He loves me. Listen, there are 8,000 promises. Not one, not two, not four. There are 8,000 promises in your Bible. Promises about being happy and not so sad like you are right now. There are promises about your family getting better. There are promises about your city changing and them taking the metal detectors out and putting Bibles back in. There are promises that babies won't be aborted anymore. There are promises that God will keep marriages together and you won't have to grow up in a broken home. There's promises that you can grow up without going to hell and you can be excited and get a good education. There's 8,000. Somebody say, there's so many. So many promises. But you have got to find them. You have got to be like on a treasure chest hunt. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm hunting for treasure. Look at your other neighbor and say, you can come if you want. We are going to hunt for buried treasure. 
I'll give right now. Hand me a bag of candy. Throw it up here, Adolfo. Quickly. There you go, baby. Yes. I will give right now this box of candy to the first person that can find me a promise in the Bible right now. A promise in the Bible. Come on. Don't look at the crazy dude. Start looking for a scripture. Come on, y'all. Come on. Do it. Find one. Find a promise. My man King already got his hand raised. What you got, babe? You got a promise memorized or something? Okay, look at that. That's good. And where did that come from, my brother? He doesn't know where it came from. But look at this. There was a promise. One of the first promises God gave was to Noah after he flooded the world, which was totally legitimate. And they think they found it on Mount Ararat, which is cool. But my man right here said the promise God said was the rainbow. He said, I will not flood the world anymore. Somebody said, that's a cool promise. I'm glad I'm not going to get flooded today. See, dude, there's 8,000 of them. Who else found one? Give me another bag of candy. Quickly, my brother. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yes. <laughs> Somebody give me another one quickly. Jason, what's the promise right here? Uh no no one will see no one will be able to stand up against Where are we reading it from, Steve? Come on. Joshua five. Yeah, that's too weird. Let's get to the one that's already talking about the promise. Acts chapter one verse eight, but you will receive the power when Woo! the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Give it up to my man. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Jesus said, I promise you'll get the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, Holy Ghost. My friends, that's what you need to do. Find those 8,000 promises. And the last thing that you need to do today is not neglect the Word of God. Somebody say, I won't neglect it. Now stand up to your feet today. Come on, baby. Let's get the band back up. If you love Jesus, make some noise. Woo! Praise God. Six points from a passage of Scripture that forever will impact the way you think about your life. How many today want to be pure in the eyes of God? How many want to be pure? Come on. Make time every day to read God's Word. Talk about God's Word. Never stop doing the other things you've just learned today. Here they are. What is my job? What do I get paid to do? Besides look sexy, what do I get paid to do, man? This is what I do. Rami, when I wake up in the morning and I do my prayer walk on Fridays before youth group, this is what i got to do. I've got to take this passage of Scripture and make it come alive to you. That is my job, Destiny. My job is to take what this dude said. 1500 B.C., so 3,500 years ago, it's my job to give it to you on a platter. Let's see if you understand this today. How to keep your life pure. Because no one wants to be a dirty glass of water. Nobody wants that. Let me just say this. Keep it down just a little bit, Willie Nelson. Listen right here. <laughs> I give these guys a hard love. Look at my hand clap right here because now I feel bad. Oh, Willie, on the road again. Okay, watch. You're like, dude, I don't care, man. I'm not hurting myself. But when you become a mom, who, who's going to raise your children? You are. And you're just going to give them who you are. That's why addictions, they say, pass from generation to generation because it's a dirty cup. You might say, well, dude, my temper doesn't affect anybody. I'm not really that bad. Well, what do you do when you're around your friends, man? That's all they get from you, and they, they don't like your temper, really. That's, that's kind of why some of them don't want to be around you. 
You might say, oh, man, my, my pornography, that's just between me, dude. Come on, I'm not going to talk about that. But you know what? You're going to get a girlfriend, you're going to mistreat her, and she's going to wonder why all, all you're about is sex. It's because you just got a dirty heart. So how do we get our life pure? Because that stuff kind of kind of normal. As a matter of fact, that's like what everybody talks about. Sex, money, drugs, party, friends, all this stuff. Get angry, beat somebody. You know, that's just kind of like what life's about. Look out for yourself because if you don't do it for you, nobody else will. Selfishness. So we all have it. I got it. I mean, I'm dirty just as dirty as anybody. I might even be dirty. I might be a dirty, dirty boy. So dirty, you'd be like, I hate that dude. People used to look at me, man. I remember one time I was homeless. I was 16 years old, on drugs, selling drugs. And I didn't have my clothes on me. And I remember stealing some stuff out of some dude's car. This is how weird I was. And it was hot. It was hot, man. And all I had... (laughs) Oh, sorry. Just pictured it. Silk Mickey Mouse boxers. And it was hot, okay? And I know I've told the story, but it makes me... I'm sorry. And a vest in my car. So I remember in the summer thinking, dude, I'm just going to put on these Mickey Mouse boxers. And I'm going to pretend like they're my shorts. And then I'm going to put on this vest without a shirt. And I'll be cool because I'm homeless and nobody's going to say anything to me. And I remember knocking on the friend's door, my friend's house. And he looked at me, dude, and he literally said, you cannot come in my house looking like that. Everybody go, oh. Dude, seriously, I was dirty. Man. I was drugs. Man. My, my mind was messed up. I don't ever want you guys to get as bad as I was. I know it's not like a typical parent, but I'm telling you guys, I was tore up from the floor. I was so dirty, man. My mind, my body, my lungs. And when I read this as a young man, it spoke to me. You know how long it's been since I've been that crazy dude in silk Mickey Mouse boxers in a vest? Fifteen years. God actually gave me a wife. Kids, I went back to school getting my master's. I'm the pastor of this church. I know it's unbelievable. Yes. Why? Because this is what it meant to me. Let's see if it came alive to you today. See if I did my job. How can a young man or young woman keep their way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not Neglect your word. Is that going to be your life today? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for bringing us tonight to church to hear, God, what you're saying. God, I pray, Lord, that every person here will now be real with who they are. And that, God, they won't compare themselves to others. But, God, they'll put the standard to you. Sure, God, some water looks better than others when you compare it to the swamps. But Father God, you're not comparing our lives today to Hitler. You're not comparing how good we are to the mass murderer. God, you're comparing who we are 
to you. And God, you are perfect. And that's why we love you, God. And that's why we sing songs to you. Because you have perfect love. You are perfect. You never let us down. You never say the wrong thing. You always love us. And God, today, we want to be like you. You said, be ye perfect, for your heavenly Father is perfect. Today, God, I don't want any junk in my life. Lord, I want to change, and I want to do it by your word. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm only praying for one person today, one type of person. And that is the type of person that came here today and says, Pastor, keeping it real, I've got to get cleansed. I've got to get purified. I need Jesus to make my life different today. I'm going to begin to pray for you. And if that's you today, man, don't be ashamed to come forward and pray. Because after I pray, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. Because today, God is going to cleanse you. I can't do it for you. Only the blood of Jesus will make you white as snow. Jesus, I pray today for those that have junk in their life. Lord, they want it out. And Lord, I pray today as we sing this song, God, as we make a time of prayer for young people at this altar, that Lord, they'll keep it real with you. And that Lord, your word and your love will cleanse them. And when they walk out of here today, God, they will be changed. They will be meditating on what you say. They'll be excited about what you say. And that, Lord, they'll never, ever forget it. In Jesus' name, as we sing, if that's you, come on forward as I say amen. Come on, amen. Jesus, set young people free. And as you come, just come to your knees and just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. Come on, young people. Capture me with grace Design to Jesus Come on, who needs to confess some junk today? Come on, I'm not a priest You're not confessing it to me You're confessing it to God And He hears you today You might have pain Come on, confess it God will purify you from the hurt that people have done to you don't be afraid to ask for His help today. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. We pray for cleansing today. Jesus. Come on, who wants to have that clean feeling in their heart today? You need to come forward and get prayer today. Come on, if you're with your friend, 
and you know they need to be up here, just say, man, I'll go with you. There's nothing to be afraid of. All we're doing is praying. All we're doing is talking to Jesus. You might say, well, I'll do that when I get home. Come on, man, do it here. Do it now before you forget. Put God first. Come on, hide His Word in your heart today. Treasure Him. Spend some time seeking Him. This world has nothing for me. Come on, as we sing it, come on, just keep praying today. This world has nothing for me. Jesus, this world, this world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. Come on, sing it out, this world. Jesus, everybody just sing it out as you're praying. You gotta make a decision. It's God's way today. Jesus, I put my trust in you, God. Come on, how many want to be cleansed today? Just sing it out. One more time, then we're gonna say, I need you, Jesus. This world has nothing. And I need you, Lord. Come to my rescue. Nowhere else can I go. Where else can I go? Sing that again, just the guitar. Jesus, to come to my rescue. Where else can I go? Put up the words so they can learn the song, please. Come on. We're going to sing this today as some of you are still praying. Because it's all about God today. Now I want you to think. You remember at the beginning? When I spit in that water, he said, man, I wouldn't drink that. Man, I wouldn't drink that. I want you to ask yourself a question. When you leave out of here, are you going to drink the world again? Because Jesus said, come unto me, all who are thirsty, and drink. And out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Isaiah said, Why spend your money on food and drink that don't satisfy when the Lord always satisfies? We're going to sing this again. I need you, Jesus. And as we do, many of you join me up at this altar. But I want to teach you a secret before we sing it. A a nugget of truth that has kept me for 15 years. Living pure for God. I'm going to give you that truth right now. The truth is that all of us make mistakes. But if you're quick to repent, God will cleanse you just as quick as you say, Lord, forgive me. You see, because the devil wants you to feel like, dude, once you've messed up, you're a failure. And man, you shouldn't go back to that church. But you know what? After I became a Christian, I cussed, man. I struggled with it. I still smoked. 
But I began to realize instead of running away with my problems, if I just would run to God and ask for help, it would work. So 15 years, Joe, have you been perfect? No. I've just been really good at saying I'm sorry when I mess up. And guess what he's really good at? Helping us. Changing us. That's what he's really good at. And cleansing us. And I want to say this before we sing this song. Some of you have junk in your heart that other people put in there. Other people spat in your water. They hurt you. They let you down. And it wasn't your fault. I want to tell you something. The Bible says that God has a special heart for you. He looks after you. The Bible says God is a helper to the oppressed and a father to the fatherless. So as we sing this again, you can cry out and say, God, I never did this to myself. My dad hurt me. They abused me. They lied to me. And God, I feel so much pain. It's so dirty on the inside. But you can cry out and say, God, help. Rescue me. And I can promise you this because I've watched so many teenagers get joy in their life. Not because God changes everybody else, but because He changes you. And He heals you. And He makes you pure again. He'll do it for you like He's done for so many others. We're going to sing it just at this tone right now. Just like that, we're going to sing it. Come on, I need you, Jesus. Sing it from your heart. Nowhere else can I go. 